we've been talking in a series about controlling your soul. And we really talked a lot about how the soul works and, you know, the different layers of a spiritual attack, the thoughts, the enemy comes in your thought life to try to get you to build some vain imaginations because he knows your behavior comes out of that. And then from there, he wants to get a stronghold in your life. We've, we've learned a lot about how your mind, your will, and your emotions work. And so I want to encourage you, go back and listen. Outline those CDs, those messages, because they'll help you, not only in your life, but they'll help you when, as you're discipling people. Because you got to get ready, because i got to tell you guys, we're living at the end of this age. There's a sense of urgency that we have because we don't want anybody to miss heaven, right? We don't want anybody to go through this seven-year tribulation period where, where now God is actually judging the earth. And, but it's still, even in all that, he's doing it in hopes that people will turn. But we, we don't, you don't need to be there, right? So get, get those messages in your heart. My goal today is that you leave here with a renewed desire that I am just going to forget about everything else, about what I need to fix in my life and, and you know why I'm not a good Christian or what I need to do to be a better one and forget all of it and get your eye on the ball and realize as you get in this word, which is living, and is this word completely consumes your life with life when you see this as your answer because this is the answer to everything in your life God's path for your life is found in these pages everything so my desire for you today is that you you dive deeper in the word of God because God wants you to know him the primary way you know him is through the written word. And it's not just ink on a page. I'll be honest with you. See, this is not intellectual. This is spiritual. And the Holy Spirit is the teacher. Yes. You know, actually, go over to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. We're going to look at verse 3. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John chapter 17, in verse 3. And let's pray real quick. Let's just believe God for utterance. Father, we thank you for your incorruptible word. We thank you that your words carry your thoughts. We thank you, Father that in those thoughts are the plans and purposes and the life that you have for us. We thank you that the light that comes off your word, it helps us to grow up in you, to grow spiritually into the men and women of God that you have purposed us to be. Father, we thank you that your word contains freedom. It contains joy and peace. It contains incredible power. It brings you on the scene in every area of our life. We thank you today for the mighty Holy Spirit who is here, the great teacher. Father, I thank you for utterance today that you orchestrate what is said. We thank you so much 
for the anointing that is upon your word today, that it'll lift burdens and destroy yokes of bondage. And Father, we give you all the praise and glory and honor for all that you're going to do in our lives today because it's all based on your great love for us. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. amen. So in John chapter 17, in verse 3, it says this, and this is life eternal. So if you want to know what eternal life is, see, I grew up thinking it was just going to heaven. But that's not what the Bible says. See, it says this is life eternal that they might know thee. Now this is Jesus talking. That they might know thee, who? The only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Eternal life is knowing God. Jesus came to give you Zoe life. It's the eternal life that God has. And how you walk in it, how you receive it, it's you get to know him. So don't seek the blessing. You don't have to. You seek him. And he'll add all that stuff to you. Everything you need. Far beyond what you could even ask or think. So we come to a deep knowledge of God. We come into a vital union with God. How? Through his word. The word of God is this vital link between him and us. It's how we get to know him. The word of God is God talking to you. And oh, how he wants you to know him. Isn't that good news? So now let's jump back a few chapters. Go to John chapter 14. And let's see a real key here. John chapter 14. I believe it's verse 21. Verse 21, it says, He that hath my commandments, literally you could say it this way, this word hath means holds. He that holds my commandments or holds my words and keeps them. This word keeps them means that I keep my eye over them and I guard. I'm always looking at the word. He that holds my words, my commandments, and keeps them, he it is that loves me. How will you know if you love God? If you have your eyes on his word and you hold his word in high regard. Now, I'll tell you this. You might be sitting here and go, but I just don't have any desire for God at all. Come on, preach it. Right? And, I'll, and I, I would love to debate you on that subject with the word of God. You could be sitting here today with no desire for God's word. You came in. You've been living your own life. Your life violates the word. You feel like the biggest mess in the world. That is your unrenewed mind that has sided with the sin nature that is in your flesh. And that's the only reason why you feel that way. You're a spirit and your spirit wants yearns for the word of God, right? 
It, it yearns, it yearns to hold the word of God. Well, this is why we teach the word of God, because the enemy lies to you. He tries to beat you up all the time. He tries to show you what you're doing and tell you this is who you are. When you realize who you really are in Christ, you'll walk free from the sin. But until you learn that it's not about you being strong, it's about you being strong in him, you'll never be able to walk in Zoe life. See, guys, we're not even created to live alone. We're created to be one and in union with God. He is our father. We're his children. And that's the way we're to walk. So let me go back here and find this. It says, he that holds my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my father and I will love him. And what happens? And I, or and, and not only, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Isn't that awesome? He'll manifest. What is manifest? It, it's something that's not seen. He brings it into the seen realm. He reveals something. God's saying, if you will literally hold my commands, if you'll keep your eyes on my word, my father and I are going to come in and we're going to manifest ourselves to you. Isn't that awesome? The, the road, we're talking about revelation knowledge of who God is. That comes to people that simply make a decision to put him first, to hold on to his word. Now let's look at verse 23. It goes on in verse 23. Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep, he will keep, what? My words. That means he will attend to them carefully. That's what that word keep means. And my father will love him and we will come unto him. So now he's explaining what it means for God to manifest himself. He will come unto him, or I'm sorry, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Now, if you just jump down to John 15, 7, it says the word of God, he, Jesus is still talking here and he's like, if you abide in me, how do you do that? By holding on to his word, keeping your eyes upon it. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask whatever you will and it'll be done for you or it'll be done unto you, right? So this is a huge passage of scripture. So we're talking about the word of God is the key. You know, we've talked a lot about how to lay hold and everything. But here's the thing. We have to stress the word of God. You know, the word logos is the Greek word for the written word of God. The word rhema is the Greek word for the spoken word of God. But here it is. The word, or I should say this, the name Jesus is the living word. So God has given us the written word. He prompts us to speak the spoken word to reveal the living word. See, Christianity is a relationship. 
If you just want some principles so that you can get some stuff, first of all, that'll never turn you on. It'll never fulfill you. You might enjoy some stuff for a while, but the enemy, he'll just get in your life and mess things up. There's people that live in gigantic, beautiful houses, but they don't have a home. God wants you to have a beautiful house that is a home, but it doesn't come by seeking it. Faith doesn't work if it's just all about the seven steps to something and hurry up God and do this for me. No, because it it won't fulfill you because you're made to walk in oneness with him. And what I mean by that, I don't mean by, you know, we're we're God. Okay? We're we're not. Right? So so we're we're his children. We're the children of God, but he's God. He's God and I am not. Now, on this earth, he stripped the God of this world from all the authority he took from Adam and Eve by deceiving them and and getting them to choose wrong. And then he gave it to us in the name of Jesus. So now I am the body of Jesus on this earth. And I walk in his authority, but I'm not him. But oh my goodness, if you want to see him, you could look at me. You should be able to say that too. Because this is what happens. The Holy Spirit is on the inside of you and his ministry as he brings revelation knowledge of the word of God. It will draw out of the inside of you who you are. It'll bring it on the outside so that the world can see who you are. Or another way to say that, so that the world can see Jesus through your life. This is life on a whole nother level. We don't talk about positive thinking. No, no, no. We're Christians. We go way beyond positive thinking. We go into unlimited thinking. Where the Bible says all things are possible to me if I'll believe. And I'm not on this earth to yield just natural results. No, I am on this earth to walk with God and flow with his spirit and walk in his anointing and yield divine results and fruit that will remain for eternity. That's what you're here for. Isn't that good news? So John chapter 1, let's look at this real quick. John chapter 1, it will give you a scriptural backing for what I just said. In John 1.1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You can never separate God from His Word. Right? It says here, The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him. Who are we talking about? We're talking about Jesus. Jesus is the creator of all things. When Jesus came into this world as a baby in a manger, he was laying in a manger on a planet that he made. Right? He's the creator of all things. It says all things were made by him and without him. Now now think about Jesus. I mean, this is awesome. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life. In Jesus was Zoe life, eternal life. And the life was the light 
of men. Zoe life has light that flows out of it and, it, and is the light of men. It literally, that word light means development of men. It's what develops you. The word is what, it's the only spiritual food on the planet. You can't grow spiritually any other way but meditating in the word of God so that the Holy Spirit can bring revelation knowledge of it. It's the only thing that'll make you grow, right? So this is why this is so important. And the life was the light of men. Now if you jump down to verse 14, well, let's, you know, this is so good, we got to stop at verse 10. It says he, talking about Jesus, was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Verse 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power. This word power means he gave them the right and he gave them the privilege to become this word become literally in the Greek means he gave them the right and the privilege to come to be the sons of God. You know what the word sons means? It means come to be the offspring of God. You were born again into God's family. See, when it talks about adoption in the New Testament... In that culture, adoption wasn't talking about somebody who adopted somebody else. Now, here's the thing. That's good. I'm so glad. I'm so grateful for adoption. It's wonderful. But you got to go one step further when you start to talk about your relationship with God. The Bible says you are born again. You become his offspring. How were you born again? By the incorruptible word of God. But as many as received him... Them gave he the right, the privilege to come to be the offspring of God, even to them that believe on his name. And then it says in verse 14, and the word was made flesh. In the Greek, it, it, would, it would read like this, and the word ceased hold of and took upon himself flesh. The creator of all things took upon himself flesh so that he could live in this earth legally. But he laid down his, all of his godly attributes and he lived on this earth as a man. He had to because he had to redeem man. He was the perfect sacrifice. He died for your sin. He took our place. He was made a curse so to buy us out of the curse. And the word was made flesh, and I love this, and dwelt among us. You know what that word dwelt means? I'm really glad you asked. It's, it means, and the word was made flesh and dwelt or tabernacled amongst us. Isn't that interesting? Do you know people would go in the tabernacle and they would experience the presence of God? Jesus came to this earth so that we can experience the presence of God. Everywhere you are, you could experience the presence of God. As a matter of fact, we're to live in his presence all the time, and in his presence is fullness of joy. I thought that meant when I go to heaven, right? Because we always say that, oh man, they're experiencing fullness of joy. No, no, you know, we are to be experiencing fullness of joy right now. Now we have this veil of our flesh, 
But trust me, it's still real good. Right? Real, real, real good. And he tabernacled among us and we beheld his glory. It was the glory of the only begotten Son of God, full of grace and full of truth. We're talking about Jesus. Jesus, well actually go to Revelation 19. Go go over here. Go to Revelation 19 because it even reveals his eternal name. Revelation chapter 19, I believe it's in about verse 13. Let's, Let's look here. Revelation 19 Yes, verse 13. This, is a, this verse 11 through verse 16 is a time that will come on the earth. You know, there's 360, or 333 prophecies, and, and there's 365 parts of these prophecies that were fulfilled in the birth, the life, the death, and resurrection of Jesus. But this passage of Scripture in Revelation 19 is talking about his second coming. There's over 600 prophecies. Double. I wonder if we're to know what time we're living in. Right? So it says here in verse 13, this is when Jesus is coming back. He's not coming back a lamb. He's coming back the righteous judge of all the earth. I'm so glad I'm going to be with him and not on the earth at that time. It says, and he, talking about Jesus, was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called, now this is his eternal name, is called the Word of God. To make everything work in your life, you need to take your eyes off every problem that you have and give it to him. Right? Every shortcoming you think, anything you think you are or aren't, give it all to him. Anything that you got to try to overcome or do or want to do, give it all to him and focus. I, I challenge you, focus it on one thing. Be like Paul. My determined purpose is to know him. To know him. Who is he? He is the word of God. When you read the Bible, it's as if God is sitting at your table talking to you. But because his ways are higher than our ways, right? His plans and purposes are higher. His course of action is is higher and much higher than our ways. He put his spirit inside of us so that his spirit would teach us those ways. So as you're reading the Bible... You call those things which be not as though they are. Father, I thank you today. I'm going to read your word. And I thank you that I understand it. That I I will continually walk in a revelation of your word. I know your voice. Now your mind will be going, what are you talking about? Forget that. Mind just has to be renewed. I thank you that I know your voice. Another voice I will not follow. Right? So... So you say it this way, and then what happens now, Holy Spirit, I I humble myself under your mighty hand. He's God, right? He's a third part of the Trinity. He's just as much God as Jesus. He's just as much God as the Father. I'm trusting you to bring revelation to open the word of God up inside of me so that the light of the word, the revelation knowledge could come and so that my spirit man 
would understand the word of God so that now my spirit man can communicate this divine word to my mind so that my mind can be renovated to think in line with the word of God. This is how it works. It's all about a relationship with God. He's your healer, right? You, you, you want to get from he's the God that heals to no, he's my healer. You want to go from the God that provides to no, 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 no. He is in my life and he's my provider. He's the one who loves me and makes all things possible. Right? It's, it's, this is a wonderful way to live. So it goes on, it says his eternal name is the word of God. So now let's talk about the word. Let's go over to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. We're going to look at verse 16. When I, when I got it that this was all about knowing him, everything changed in my life. I started growing incredibly in him. I expect to grow more. I mean, it's February. I already, I already feel like I'm in a completely different place than I've ever been. And it's wonderful. It's more of him. It's less of me, right? It's just there's strength and power that is available to be used by God to simply be an, an instrument in his hand, to be his hands, to be his feet, so that he can show the world how good he is. Man, I'll tell you, I love it. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Wow. You know, it's in the pages of the Bible. It's in these pages that you find wisdom that enables you to apply the word of God to your life. You, you find his will. You find his plan within the pages of this book. Isn't that good news? It says here in verse 16... All scripture is given by inspiration. In the, Greek, it would, in the literal Greek, it would say, all scripture is God-breathed. There's different authors, but God breathed it. This is why it, it's, it's not subject to change. It changes everything. Nothing changes it. See, this is, this is one way that a Christian lives. So many Christians are living like this. I'm defining the word of God based on my situation. But then, when you start walking with Jesus, all of a sudden you start defining your situation and your circumstance by God's word. And you realize, wait a minute, this sickness in my body has to bow to Matthew 8, 17. It has to bow to Isaiah 53, 4 through 6. It has to bow. I could, I could go on and on and on. Poverty and lack has to bow to Philippians chapter 4, right? To Galatians chapter 3. I've been redeemed from the curse of poverty and lack. I don't have a spirit of fear. I, my spirit is filled with the power of God, the love of God, and it causes me to have a sound mind. Soundness of mind. Depression-free, anxiety-free, fear-free. 
This is what we're talking about. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. That, that word literally means instruction. It's, doc, it's, it's profitable for reproof. That means the word of God will give you proof and evidence. Of what? Of what it says. If I want to know if I'm healed, I don't look at my body. I look at the word to tell if I'm healed. If I want to know if I'm prosperous, I look at the word. I don't look at my situation because I don't define the word of God with my situation. I define my situation with God's word. Do you see that? Wow, that'll preach. Man, that's good. For correction, the word of God is given to me to correct me. Do you know it's real interesting? If you look at the Greek word that means spiritual maturity, it literally is the word that means adjust and repair. A spiritually mature believer speaks the truth of God in the love of God, but is not flawless, is wholehearted, and is constantly yielding to the Holy Spirit it's who's helping us make adjustments and repairing. We step over here and eh, we step here back. Okay, this is right. It's adjust and repair. The word of God will correct you. Don't try to correct yourself. Satan loves it when you try to correct yourself. Right? Because by 9 o'clock in the morning, when you fail... And then you start, then he's real good at beating you up for it. And he reminds you of that. You know how sometimes, see, see people say when they get older, oh man, you know, my, I can't remember things as well. Oh, baloney. <laughs> Have you ever messed up? You're 75 years old and you messed up in the same area that you've been messing up your whole life. You remember every bit of it. It's like it flashes over you. You're like, oh, right? No, 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 no. The word will correct you. See, when God corrects, he doesn't get down on you for the mess you've created. He literally encourages you and builds you up and shows you who you are so that you'll let go of that lower life and walk with him. And then all of a sudden, it makes you just fall even deeper in love with them because you're like, wow, you're so good. Listen, the Bible says things like this. If God would not withhold Jesus from coming to this earth and being made to bear all of our sin, to be made a curse for us, how would he not freely give us all things? Everything you need is in him. Everything, Everything and it's right here. It says here, the word of God is profitable for instruction in righteousness. It will instruct you how to walk in your righteousness. Because according to Isaiah 54, in righteousness you shall be established. See, I was, I, I was made the very righteousness of God in Christ because Jesus was made to bear all of my sin. It instructs me in righteousness I'll be fixed, this word established means fixed and immovable. The Bible says in righteousness I'll be far from oppression. Oppression is when something exercises hard control over you. If I walk in my righteousness I'll be far from oppression. And the word of God will show me and tell me, well actually it will show me how to walk in my righteousness. I'll be far from oppression. Why? Because I will not fear. 
fearless. I remember going to college and uh, teachers would taunt me. Oh, you're one of those Christians. You just need a crutch. And my flesh would be like, dude, I want to just plaster you to the wall right now. <laughs> but my spirit, my spirit's just like, I told one teacher, I go, no, 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 no. Jesus is not a crutch. He is my planet. I, 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 I can't even... I can't even breathe without him because he gave me breath. I can't even, even if he gave me breath, I couldn't still do it because I, he gave me lungs. He's everything. He's everything. And you got to know him. You got to know him. Instruction in righteousness. As I get to know God, as I get to know the word, it will instruct me in how to walk in my righteousness. I'll be far from oppression because I will not fear. And it finishes up, it says, and from terror because it won't come near me. Right? Have you ever had or ever known somebody who has had an anxiety attack? It's like you lose control. Well, I got to tell you, if you have anxiety attacks right now, just say no more. Because I've literally watched a person in the middle of one I've watched it go away instantly. And it will do it every time at the name of Jesus. Because he's the Prince of Peace. The one who's behind an anxiety attack has no power. He's just igniting some emotions and igniting your mind. And, and, and see, here's the thing. If you think wrong thoughts long enough, you could get some chemical imbalances going. And, and medicine could help you. But don't worry about that. You won't be on it very long because the Word of God is medicine. And the word of God will change that and balance everything and get you back right. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. So it goes on to say, let me get back this, in verse 17, this scripture is God-breathed and it's profitable for these things. Why? Verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect. And I love this word perfect. It literally means, at the very foundation of it, it means fresh. See, when you walk with God, everything is fresh. Everything is brand new. He makes your marriage fresh. He makes your relationship with your kids fresh. He makes your job fresh, your career, whatever it is, your ministry fresh. It means fresh and it means complete. When you yield your life to make your purpose to know God, this is what happens. This whole thing called burnout is non-existent anymore because when you get out of balance, he'll draw you back in. Right? So many pastors get, get really, you know, to the point where, man, I need, to, I need to take six months off. But God wants everything to be fresh. You know, by 11.45 today, I'm going to be looking forward to Tuesday morning and you know, by about 7.31 after that Bible study is over, I'm going to be really looking forward to Wednesday night. And why? Because it's fresh. Everything is fresh. Every day of my life, I look forward to my walk with the Lord, talking with him. Prayer is not mechanical. It's I'm talking to my father. Right? It's, it's a wonderful way to live. That the man of God, now man of God, that means male and female, right? We're all man may be perfect, fresh and complete, 
thoroughly furnished, or in, in the Greek it would read, thoroughly equipped unto all good works. This is what the Word of God is. This is why you have to look at the Word. This is not just ink on a page. This is Jesus. So now go to Hebrews chapter 4. Let's finish this thought. Hebrews chapter 4. In verse 12. Then when you get to verse 12, I think you need to go back to verse like 6 or something like that, right? Hallelujah. You know what? We got hold, go, hold on one second. Go, go back to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Because this was a letter, and, and I, I want to read into chapter 4 because it's the same thought. So in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So now he continues this thought. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick, that means the alive, and the dead at his appearing, and his kingdom. Preach the word. Now this was written to a young pastor, but I want to encourage you, when you give yourself to the word, God will put you, he will send you to places to proclaim his word. Preach the word, be instant, in season or out of season. That means if you're in a situation that it doesn't seem like the right place or the right time, but the Holy Spirit is going, I want you to jump in there. When he gives that door of utterance open, you're full of the word. Right? Preach the word, be instant, in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort. How? with all long-suffering and doctrine. Why? For a time will come. Now, this was written 2,000 years ago. I've got to tell you, the time is here when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust, they shall heap up to themselves teachers having itching ears. Or in other words, they will get teachers that will tell them what they want to hear. But I got to tell you, there are going to be millions and millions and millions of people that are going to be hungry like you, that want to hear this, because they've been hearing stuff about God, and God's not like that. I could tell you about two situations this week that I had with people that they're like, wow, I didn't know God was like that, right? There's hungry people out there that need to know this. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Here's a fable. God heals some and not others. God is, God is good sometimes and other times he uses the enemy to teach people things. That's a fable. Fables come straight from the pit of hell. Well, God blesses some and doesn't bless others. That doctrine can't be true because the whole Bible talks about how God never changes. And God is not a respecter of persons. And if God would heal everybody on this planet but one person, none of us could have faith because how do we know we're not that person? 
So it doesn't even work with his character or the way everything works. So this is huge. So now jump back to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. It says here in verse 12, it talks about the word again. Remember, the word is not ink on a page, it's a person. For the word of God is quick. That means it's full of life and powerful. Isn't that good news? That word powerful means it's active and it's effective. So when the Holy Spirit has you speak the word of God, it's active. It goes to work, working on things. And it's effective. It doesn't go to work on symptoms. It goes to work on the core. So in other words, this this is like in my life. I just never seem to make it connect with me. And then all of a sudden, the Lord dealt, the word of God brought revelation and showed me that the lie that was at the core of who I was was that I was worthless. And when the power of God hit that lie, it lost all of its power. And spiritually, I went from here to here in a moment of time. And I was free forever. Oh, he'll still bring worthless slots to me at times. He doesn't do it too often because I just it just makes me laugh. Because you could see it coming. It's like, no, 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 that's not, I, I'm just not even that person anymore. That's what the word does. It makes you free. If you'll yield and submit yourself to Jesus, he can do nothing but bring freedom into your life. So the word of God is full of life. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of sunder, of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. It divides and it discerns. It'll tell you, it'll divide your, divide your soul, your mind, will, and emotions from your spirit. It has to. Because see, have, if you're being led by the spirit of God, you'll always sit here and go, you know, I think God's leading me to do this, but pastor, I'm not sure because it just sounds like me. Well, it sounds like you because that is you. The Holy Spirit speaks to your spirit. Your spirit speaks to your mind, and it sounds just like you. Right? So how are you going to know? The Word of God will divide and show you what is just your soul or what is the Holy Spirit's leading. What's your idea or what the counterfeit is versus what the real is. Right? And it's a discerner. It causes you to see and know things. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart. It'll divide, bring clarity. It'll cause you to see. God's not going to send you out to do something without knowing what it is you're to do. And you can't, this is something you can't figure out. Doesn't, have you ever tried trying to figure out your life? Like, who do you marry? You could try to figure that out, but how, how do you really know? I mean, how do you really, really know? I went to some seminar, and I went home. I'm in my apartment. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm desiring to be married, so I'm, the guy was talking about how, you know, he spent the whole time. What a waste of time. Well, you know, I go to this meeting, and it's all about how you've got to write a list down of what you want in a wife. I am so thankful 
that I, halfway through that thing, after about an hour and a half, I just tore it up. And I said, you know, God, I think you know what I need. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart. So now go over to Psalm 19. I want to continue on here. We're going deep into this. I hope it's stirring you that the word, the word is to do the work, not you. The word heals your body, not you. So take the pressure off of yourself, put the pressure on the word to change your situation, right? Psalm chapter 19, let's go there. Psalm chapter 19, hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, it says this, the law of the Lord is perfect. As you get to know the word of God, it causes a wholeheartedness and a perfection to come into your life. The law of the Lord is perfect. What, because it's perfect, what does it do? Converting the soul. Another way to say that is renewing the mind. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. I'm so glad that the word of God, when I'm stupid, that's what the word simple means in the Hebrew language, it makes me wise. So in other words, if I'll yield to the word of God, I'll never have to be stupid again. Right? And I know that sounds funny, but don't you hate when you're stupid? Have, or let me just ask you this. Have you ever done anything stupid? Absolutely. The word will help you not do that. Many times you just, you do it and you're like, wow, that was really stupid. That goes away in your life. Because God will make you wise. Well, what does wise mean? It means now that I could take and apply the word of God to my life so that I always am in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right heart. You can't figure this out. And here's the thing, who would want to? Because it's too much fun walking with him. Because he's real. It says the statutes of the Lord are, are right. And what, is, what will that do to you? It'll rejoice your heart. Do you know when your heart is rejoicing, it's really hard. Well, actually, it's impossible to be bummed out about anything. God will rejoice your heart. When your heart starts rejoicing, it literally, they've proven now that it very much affects your physical body. It'll take you from being unhealthy to healthy. It says here, the commandment of the Lord is pure. It's pure. And what does it do? It enlightens our eyes. Because the word is pure, it clearly lights my path. No darkness can come in and mess that up. Isn't that good news? So now let's go over to the 119th Psalm. Let's just right here, let's just keep going for a second. Verse 9, Psalm 119, verse 9. Look at this. Now this is so powerful. You want to walk free from sin? This is the answer right here. What am I saying here? Planting God's word in your heart is the most important thing that you can do in life. It's the most important thing. 
I mean, why? Why is that? Because God's word, it feeds your inner man. Right? So let's look at this. Psalm 119, verse 9. Wherewithal, or you could say it this way, how, shall a young man cleanse his way? How does he walk free from sin? How do you walk free from sin? By taking heed according to thy word. Heeding the word of God. Then in verse 10 it says, With my whole heart have I sought thee. And then here's this psalmist, Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Verse 11, Thy word, here, here is the key right here, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. See, we try to not sin against God. And we fail. Because if you don't want to sin, and all you're doing is, is yielding to that sin nature in your flesh, if you don't want to sin, all you got to do is hide his, hide his word in your heart. Because you're made to walk holy before him. Because if you're, his word is in your heart, you will see yourself as you really are. Because you're seeing him as who he really is. And now the word is your strength and your power. Right? So we got to go to verse 105 just because you just can't say that very often, right? So let's go to verse 105 in this same chapter. No, we're actually going there because he wants us to go there. That's hallelujah. It says here, and you've heard me You've heard me say this many, many times. I love this scripture. Thy word is a lamp to my feet. It tells me where I'm at. And it is a light to my path. It tells me where I'm to go. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. As I study the word of God, it's going to produce... It's going to produce wisdom and insight into his ways and purposes. It's going to teach me how he does things. So when I get in a situation, when it seems like I need to hold everything I'm making back, he might have me sow everything I have because he know, it's just his way is different. My way will keep me here but his way will keep me here. You know, whenever I feel the most vulnerable, God might have me be, open myself to somebody who's really hurt me before. But when he has me do that, I'm not really vulnerable. Does that make sense? Because my life, I'm in Christ. Man is no longer my problem. It's not my issue anymore because God is the one walking with me. Right? So let's go over to 165. Verse 165. As we're coming down the mountain here. It says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. See, to be offended, you have to, it takes an act of your will. But if you love, if you love God's word, 
Nothing can offend you. The word offend literally means to be tripped up and entrapped so that you distrust what you should be trusting. When a person's offended, just look at their life. It's like they're being separated from everything that could help them. So if you love God's word, things that other people do won't tick you off. Oh, they will. They'll tick your flesh off and then you'll tell your flesh, no, we're not going there. Right? I'm telling you, the word even keeps you out of offense. So we started in the Gospel of John. We might as well kind of go there. Let's go. Well, actually, now we can't go there yet. Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 15. Jeremiah chapter 15. Hallelujah. Jeremiah chapter 15. Verse 16. This is an example of loving God's word. Look at this. The prophet Jeremiah said this, inspired by God. This was God-breathed. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. See, when you find God's word, you eat really well. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord of hosts. You always hunger after what you feed on. The Bible says taste and see that the Lord is good. If, so the enemy's going to get you to stop tasting. See, right now, it's okay, it's 1140. So right now, you know... Stomach's starting to kind of talk to you a little bit, right? You're starting to go, okay, we got to beat the Baptist over to the pizza ranch or whatever. You know, whatever, right? Pastor, can you close this thing out? You've been preaching for like 54 minutes, okay? Wow, you're 25 minutes beyond what they say can grow a church. Right? So, so when, you're, when you're hungry, your body talks to you. But when you're spiritually starving, your spirit gets very quiet. But when you feed your spirit, your spirit will talk to you and will talk and get louder and louder and louder. But your spirit will start talking to you all the time. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit's talking to you all the time. You think I'm a talker? Nothing compared to him. He can't wait for the next time he has your full attention because he wants to deposit things in you because he takes the call very serious in his life and he wants to lead you into life. He wants to lead you out of death. And so this is huge, but it all starts by you finding the word of God. When I found it, when, I, when thy words were found, I did eat them and thy word was unto me. It caused the joy and rejoicing of my heart. And then, look at the byproduct of that. Now I'm going to see who I am, for I am called by thy name. See, if you don't find the word of God, if you don't eat it, your heart will never experience the joy and rejoicing that it's to experience, and you won't know who you are. God wants you to be able to say this. For I am called by your name, O Lord of hosts. O Lord of hosts, the Lord who is greater than anything I'll ever face. Let's go to Matthew 24. I can't quite stop yet. Almost done. Matthew 24. 
Hallelujah. In verse 35, it says this. Heaven and earth shall pass away. And in the Greek, it means to change from one condition to another. But it says this, but my words shall not pass away. Every word that he's spoken over you, it'll never pass away. Isn't that good news? It's not subject to change at all. So I'm going to leave you with Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 16. This will be a perfect, perfect pausing place. In Colossians chapter 3, in verse 16 it says, Let, notice that you let, you're the one who allows this to happen. Let the word of Christ, in other words, let the word of the anointed one and his anointing dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Isn't that awesome? Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Let the words of Christ, let his anointed word dwell in you richly in all wisdom. So that tells me that God is always moving his word to dwell in you richly. And all you have to do, you don't have to figure out how to do that. You just have to say, I'm going to let that happen in my life. Isn't that awesome? Well, I hope this helps you today. I want to encourage you. You know, we're reading through the Bible as a church, the New Testament. So get online and find out what chapter we are on. Go read that chapter a day. But I want to encourage you, don't just stop there. Ask the Holy Spirit where he wants you to be reading, what he wants you to listen to. I would encourage you, get online. If there's a teacher that connects with you, or, or I, I would encourage you, these messages are designed to equip you. They're not designed to listen to them one time. So, so get online and listen to the word. Get the word of God in you. Speak it out of your mouth. Feed on it. You'll get hungry, and it'll start producing everything in your life. Amen?